Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining in Gospel Wabi Sabi, God's good news for imperfect people like you and me. I'm Jeff Ebert, and I want to welcome you again. We are into Season 2, Episode 2, which is on the life of David based on mainly the Psalms, but uh, we'll see some other things a little bit later along the way as well. So we're in Psalm 23, a second week on Psalm 23, and we're really going to focus in just on verse 6, if you want to get your Bible out. I'll read that for us in just a second. And again, we uh, just want to thank you if you're a supporter for Gospel Wabi Sabi. Really appreciate it. And if you'd like to become a financial supporter, you can see how to do that in the program notes. So now let's just prepare our hearts to uh, hear this great psalm, Psalm 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley shadowed by death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For many years, I've been involved with a great organization called the Amistad Mission. Basically, Amistad is an orphanage for abused and abandoned children in Cochabamba, Bolivia, where the children live in family units in a variety of houses or casas, uh, each with their own mama who cares for them and watches over them. Now, every trip I ever took to visit the children that our church sponsored, it was always just such a great blessing. And when you're with the children of Amistad, you really sense, I guess, the purity of Christ's love in the lives of these children who were once abused or abandoned and who are now being nurtured to adulthood in a safe and warm and loving Christ-centered environment community. To see so many of them go on to college and to trade school, it's really encouraging because you know that your involvement is making a real difference in their lives. And I get to see that happen year after year every time as I went down to Bolivia and you see the kids grow up and mature. It's always a physically demanding trip. It's high in the Andes Mountains. The altitude can do a number on you if you're not careful. And typically someone on our trip will struggle with some medical issue that they brought with them. And we are fortunate always that there's good medical care in Cochabamba. So by the time I travel back to the U.S., I'm usually pretty spent. I'm kind of mentally and emotionally and physically exhausted. I always feel like I've been on a real journey and returning to the U.S. feels a bit like an astronaut going through reentry. On one particularly difficult trip, I just couldn't get Psalm 23 out of my mind. I really needed the wisdom and the power and the provision of God that Psalm 23 describes so eloquently to kind of get me through what I was going through. I needed to know that the Lord was my shepherd. I needed that sense of security and safety. I needed his guidance and his grace, and I still do every day. And as you're listening to this podcast, I bet you do too. So Psalm 23 is a journey psalm because it follows the seasonal journey of a typical herd of Palestinian sheep 
Under the careful guidance of a loving shepherd, the herd moves from the lowlands to the higher mountain pastures through all kinds of weather and dangers and predators. And then the herd journeys back down the mountain to graze at the home territory of the shepherd. Throughout the journey, it is the presence of the shepherd that makes it all possible. In all circumstances, the shepherd cares for, protects, guides, and provides for the sheep. There's a tremendous sense of security and peace because of the shepherd. And we've noted that Jesus took on this imagery of the shepherd to describe himself in the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, or when he boldly declared in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so I also want to take a look at the final verse of Psalm 23, verse 6. And just as the psalm began with a bold opening, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, it ends with an equally bold conclusion. King David writes, Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And on one of my trips to Bolivia, I had a lot of time to think about that verse. And I was really trying to understand what it meant to say that we are followed by goodness and mercy. Followed. The Hebrew word really literally means to trail behind. It means God's goodness and mercy is behind us. And that kind of bothered me because God's goodness and mercy behind me. I'd much rather have God's goodness and mercy going in front of me. I want it out front. That sounds better to me. It sounds better. It sounds right. Goodness and mercy out in front of me, kind of clearing the way through all of my problems and struggles, you know, like a snowplow after a winter storm. Just making sure the road ahead is clear and easy to travel. No black ice, no nothing. But that's not what it says. It says, goodness and mercy trailing along behind me. And so in Bolivia, I was meditating on just what that might mean. And here's what I came up with. You know, we live in such an urbanized, mechanized, technology-dominated culture. It's very hard for us to relate to the rural farm animal imagery of the Bible, and particularly the imagery of Psalm 23. We just don't have much experience with sheep or goats or mountain streams and pastures. It's all very foreign to most of us unless you grew up on a farm somewhere. But in Bolivia, you literally can almost step back in time. And one of the highlights of the trip is that we take a day to travel up higher into the Andes Mountains to spend time in a Quechua Indian village called Aramisi, because that's where Amistad had its origins. And at Aramisi, you're up at about 13,000 feet above sea level. And it's quite a ride up those nail-biting, serpentine, narrow dirt roads where the edges you know, kind of drop off by hundreds of feet. It's not a trip for the faint of heart. And more than once, we've had people who've had to like lie down between the seats of the bus, kind of loaded up with Dramamine because the view is just too much for them. So going to Aramisi, it's sort of a spiritual pilgrimage. And it's a cultural pilgrimage, too, because... It's a place of sheep and goats and shepherds. In the Quechua culture, the women are the family shepherds. And it's not unusual to be out walking a narrow mountain trail and to be greeted by a herd of sheep and goats coming the other direction. You have to just kind of share the road. And what I noticed was that most of the time, the lady shepherds had a dog or two who were helping them herd the sheep. I mean, there are dogs all over the place in Bolivia, in the cities, the countryside, you name it, all these mixed breed mutts. Some of them have owners and some of them are just scavengers living off the streets. But the sheepdogs of Aramisi, they're working dogs. They belong to the shepherd. 
these dogs know what they're doing and they're really good keeping tabs on the sheep. And I remembered that in my reading on Psalm 23, I found this one old school preacher who likened God's goodness and mercy to a couple of sheepdogs. And boy, all of a sudden, that just made sense to me because the sheepdogs are always at the rear of the herd. The sheepdogs follow the herd, making sure nobody gets left behind, making sure the stragglers and the wanderers that they always come back to the fold, into the herd. So if a sheep stops too long or takes a detour, it's the sheepdog that literally nips at its heels to get it back with the herd for its own safety. And I read what this one old-time preacher said about this verse was that God has two sheepdogs and their names are goodness and mercy. The promise of this verse from Psalm 23 is that God's goodness and mercy are always at work in the background of your life, whether you realize it or not. That's the key. God's goodness and mercy, they are always at work in the background of your life, whether you notice it or not. They are right behind you, making sure you stay safe in the flock. Can you shake the sheepdogs? Can you lose them? Can you somehow get away from them? No, no chance. His sheepdogs are on the job. Goodness and mercy. And God says they are tenacious. They are going to follow you all the days of your life. Is there somewhere where you could go where God's goodness and mercy won't find you? No. A hospital, doctor's office, a home, a school, an office, some troubling situation. Is there anywhere you can go and God's goodness and mercy won't be there backing you up. No, no, they follow you everywhere all the time. That's what this promise from verse six means. God's goodness and mercy is locked onto you and nothing will ever change that. Maybe that's why King David wrote these other words in the great Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. God is making a promise here that no matter where we go in life, no matter what happens, we are never, never outside the circle of his care and his comfort. His goodness and his mercy will be there. Jesus picked up on this promise, I believe, in John 10, the passage where he calls himself the good shepherd. And because he is the good shepherd, he adds this promise in John 10, 27. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And I and the father are one. Do you hear that promise? No one will snatch them out of my hand. That's Jesus's promise. And we need to build our lives based on the promises of a good God. This confidence in God's perpetual care, his continuous care. This awareness of his, his presence is absolutely key to living the spiritual life. Going deeper with Christ is really just about becoming more and more aware of the fact that God is always at work. 
He is always at work on your behalf in the background of your life every single day. His goodness and his mercy are at work in your life every day. And our job is just really to become more attuned to that reality. So, for example, if we start to go astray or we start to feel a little lost or overwhelmed or when we feel like we're in danger, what if we knew with confidence that right behind us are God's goodness and mercy? His sheepdogs are always right there bringing us back into the fold, protecting us in the rear. Sometimes in life, as we move from one experience to another, people can feel like you know something is nipping at their heels. Because we're sinful and we don't always follow God's path, we may be looking over our shoulder and think we're being followed by guilt, guilt over something that we did wrong. We might think that we're being followed by regret for past choices or actions. We being pursued by our anxieties or our fears. Or we may even think it's the shadow of death that's chasing us. But what if we began to see that what's behind us, what's following us, what's gaining on us is the goodness and the mercy of a loving God? This verse is a promise of our security in Christ, our eternal security in Christ. Now, there's a dog that hangs around the guest quarters in Aramisee named Anatuya. Uh, its name means skunk in the Quechua language. And it always likes to kind of chew on rocks. It's sort of this mixed breed German shepherd looking dog, very friendly. If you're a gospel wabi-sabi supporter, I'll include a photo of me and Anatuya in this week's email so you can see what she looks like for yourself. Well, one time, one of the women in our group was out walking early in the morning, and Anatuya decided to walk with her. And the dog was just kind of staying behind her, was somewhat inconspicuous. Now, as she walked, the woman happened to come, on, come upon a large flock of sheep that were coming the other way on the narrow mountain trail. And all of a sudden, one of the dogs that was guiding that flock came charging up at her from the rear. It obviously saw her as some kind of a threat, and it was going to attack her. And from out of nowhere comes Anatuya, who'd been, like I said, following behind. Anatuya runs right, practically right between her legs, plants itself between the woman and the oncoming snarling dog. And Anatuya is barking back. And the attacking dog, you know, got the message. Oh, no, you don't. Not today. She's under my protection. So back off. She's not a threat. And the other dog quickly retreated and went back to guiding its flock. God's goodness and mercy, bringing up the rear to protect you. We don't even know how often God's goodness and mercy has protected us from things that would have done us harm in some way. How often has the invisible hand of God been at work, work protecting and defending you without, without you even knowing it. Can you carry that sense of security with you this week? That God is there protecting and guiding and caring. And then ask yourself, you know, if I really believe that, that his goodness and mercy is right behind me, why am I worrying? Why am I anxious? If you know with confidence that God's goodness and mercy is at work right around you, why are we nervous and anxious? Most of the time, I guess, we are completely unaware of how much God is actively at work all around us, protecting us from things we can't even see. I think God's sheepdogs are working hard for all of us all the time, and we're not even aware of it. God is always at work. God's goodness is there to keep you safe in the flock. And God's mercy is there giving you grace 
for your failures. These two sheepdogs will pursue you, not just today, but for every day and for the rest of your life. So why worry? We've got the shepherd up front guiding us and his two sheepdogs following behind to make us sure that we can keep up with him. Think of that first sheepdog, goodness. The shepherd does good things for his sheep, even when they stray too far away. In Romans 2.4, the Apostle Paul writes this, The kindness or goodness of God leads to repentance. What good thing has the shepherd done for you lately? Thanksgiving, you know, is a good time to count your blessings, to look at all the good things you have, all the ways God has blessed your life with goodness. Even in the midst of difficulties or problems, we all need to continually look at the good things for which we can be thankful. Everyone's life has struggle. Everyone has problems. And we are much better equipped to face those struggles and problems when we are consciously aware of the good for which we can be thankful. God is a good God. God wants to do good things for you. I think our prayer for Thanksgiving should be something like, Lord, thank you for the good things that keep me near to you and for your goodness that pursues me even when I stray. Lord, give me eyes to see and appreciate all the good things you do for me. The second sheepdog pursuing you is mercy. Ephesians 2.4 says, Paul Paul says, uh, God is rich in mercy. When you're rich with something, you have an abundant supply, more than enough. So there's plenty to share with others. And God has an abundant supply of mercy. God has more than just a pocket full of mercy. God has more than just a, a warehouse full of mercy. The very nature of God is mercy. God is like a mercy factory. God is a mercy maker. He produces mercy day after day after day, and he will never run out of it. Back in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 6, when Moses asked to see the glory of God, and the very first thing he said in describing the glory of God was this, the Lord God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. God, by his very nature, is mercy, and he chases after you. Mercy reveals God's character. Mercy defines God's character. He loves you and follows after you with mercy. If you have sinned against him, he has something good for you. He has forgiveness. If you've turned your back on God, the Lord has restoration. If you've been rebellious, the Lord has grace for you. Grace is God's way of giving you the exact opposite of what you deserve. He doesn't punish you for being a stray sheep. He sends you back. He sends the sheepdog of mercy to bring you back close to himself. Folks, mercy is one of the most powerful tools God can use to change the human heart. The Apostle Paul understood mercy when he described his own conversion in 1 Timothy 1.15. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, But for that very reason, I was shown what? I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Before his conversion, Paul hated Christians. He was one of those empowered to persecute the church, was personally responsible for the arrests and the deaths of many Christian believers. Did God punish Paul for blasphemy and murder? No. God forgave his sins so he could say, I have obtained mercy. I'm the prime example 
of the power of God's mercy. In effect, Paul was saying, if God can forgive me for what I've done, he can forgive anybody. Friends, that's the power of mercy. And God's mercy is following you all the days of your life. The final portion of verse 6 concludes the psalm by saying, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember that as a boy, David tended sheep under the open sky. Where do shepherds usually sleep? Well, on the ground, under the open sky in all kinds of weather. No shelter, maybe if they're lucky. But shepherds don't live in houses. If they're lucky, they sleep in a small tent on cold, hard, unforgiving ground. They're not in some soft, warm bed. Many times their only source of heat is a fire at the tent's door. Sometimes the shepherd has to sleep under the open sky. His roof is the stars. His only protection from the cold is a tunic that also protects him from pouring rain and the beating sun. No walls to keep out snakes or scorpions or other venomous creatures. So what is the shepherd's ultimate dream in life? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember David as a young man was a fugitive pursued by King Saul for 13 years out in the Judean wilderness. 13 years, that is a long time to sleep on the ground and in caves. So no wonder David had a passion for safety, the safety of being in God's house, which really means being in God's presence. He wrote in Psalm 27, For in the days of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. You know, there's no prolonged rest in this world. Just tastes, just glimpses of the eternal rest God has for us. In John 14, Jesus gives us this great promise. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. We long for such a home right now. One day it will be ours through Jesus Christ. Psalm 23 is this poetic picture of confidence and security and safety and peace. Our challenge is to live ever aware of God's protecting presence, to have an inner consciousness of Christ guiding and guarding your life every day, guiding and guarding. His two sheepdogs, goodness and mercy, they're on the job. Every day we rub shoulders with people who do not have this confidence. Maybe this week there's one person with whom you could share the power, the promise, the presence of the good shepherd Jesus and his great sheepdogs. Goodness and mercy, they're nipping at your heels. Have a great week.